A few years ago, I had just started this channel and I think I had like 50 subscribers or something like that and I had just made a few videos and was really just getting started. I decided for my fourth video to start talking about how I had started to make up to $600 a month in stock music licensing, mostly at that time from Motion Array, you know, like back in the good old 2001 days. The video was called Zero to 600 in Stock Music Licensing. Well, I labored for months on this video and finally in October of 2021, I put that video out, set it for scheduling for the next morning and went to bed. The next morning I got up and the first thing I saw was a video by Daniel Carrizales of Stock Music Licensing, which really, besides Stevie B, was where I had heard about people making music with Stock Music Licensing. But I was shocked because the video that Daniel put out that day was called zero to $600 in stock music licensing. The exact same title that I used. I totally freaked out. I mean, I was like talking to my wife. I was like, what's going on? This guy who I kind of thought of as like an idol, a mentor of mine was ripping off my video. What the heck? Why would he do this? Until I watched the video and this is what I saw. Just wanted to do a very quick entry vlog today. My good friend Eric has a new YouTube channel. Go and check it out. I'm gonna leave the link to his video, his latest video, where he's showing how much money he's making by selling his music on various uh, royalty-free libraries. Link in the description so you can go and check out his uh, YouTube channel. And this is great because I have spoken to Eric and he's a fantastic, experienced musician, composer, producer, has a lot of experience in the music industry. And he started uh, quite recently to uh, sell his music on, on various uh, stock library. So I'm fascinated by this uh, success story. And it comes as no surprise uh, knowing Eric for, for some time and we have uh, spoken via Zoom calls and whatnot and, and sharing different ideas and getting to know each other. And he's a great, great guy. I highly recommend that you go and check out his new YouTube channel. Great uh, source of information if you want to earn money with your music. He has uh, just a, a few videos, but you can tell that from the get-go is amazing. I already told him he looks really natural on camera, very good content creator, a lot of information, very well curated uh, information. And, and I love the way he's expressing himself. I told him, you're, you're a natural. Uh, for, for most of us, it takes years before we get, can get in front of the camera and start communicating the way he does. So go and check it out. I want to share the love and I want to share what other people are doing. He was not making a video with the same title as mine. He was making a video about me, my channel, and the video that I just put out. And he had probably close to 10,000 subscribers at that time, I, I think. Well, my channel took off instantly over the next few days with hundreds of subscribers. In a month, I was passing 600 subs and it's been doing pretty well and steady ever since. So I credit Daniel with being a major influence on the growth of this channel. I am so happy that today I get to finally, finally on this channel, speak to the man who I think this channel owes so much to, a man whose channel we have all learned to have passion for and write music for non-exclusive royalty-free libraries. Finally, he is here, the one, the only, Daniel Carrizales of Stock Music Licensing.
Hey, before we get started with this interview with Daniel Carzales, and you may not even know what's going on with micro licensing, with stock music licensing, the things we're going to be talking about today. Many of you probably found out about stock music licensing from my guest Daniel today. If you didn't, maybe you found out from me. So last year I put together a little ebook about the stock music libraries and sites that you can make money on. And now I've made it into a full course. If you are at all interested in taking all the songs that you have sitting on your hard drive, but you just don't think they'd be right for TV or film or for advertising, but you know there could be some use for them, why aren't you putting them on these stock music websites? You not only make money from the library, sometimes every month, but you also can make money in the back end with Content ID, and I talk about all of this stuff in the course. I know a lot of you are probably still sitting on the fence about stock music licensing. You're saying, well, everyone tells me that sync licensing is the hot thing. And guess what? They're probably not wrong. I do that as well as other things. But this course was designed just for you, for the person who's trying to look at these libraries and say, what is it like to be in them? Should I even trouble myself with getting in these libraries? The other thing that's special about this course is I go behind the scenes of every single library, showing what it's like to be a contributor of the library and how much money I've made from sites like Pond5, Motion Array, Song Trader, Identify, Audio Sparks, Motion Elements. These are things we're going to be talking about in this interview with Daniel. And some of these pay me every single month, and it turns into a monthly income that I can use to pay bills. You know I love to give you free stuff, so here is a free preview. You can see it down below in the course, and you can just go to that free preview and just watch it and see if it sounds like something you'd be interested in. New modules are coming online every day. I've got a bunch of people in this course, and we're talking about things that are going on in the course, and so you can read the comments. It's almost like being in a class that I'm teaching. So go down and check out the free preview. And if you're interested, go ahead and get the early bird price before it goes up again. Okay, and now let's get to the interview with Daniel Carrizales. I owe so much to the man who I am talking to today. He is the man behind a channel that we all learned to write for and make music income from stock music licensing. My friend and mentor, Mr. Daniel Carrizales. Thank you, Daniel, for being here. How are you, my friend? Thank you so much, my friend, for inviting me. It's long overdue. We've been oh, meaning to do this for a long time. Years. Actually. Yes, uh, schedules has been really tough. And, and even with a time difference, you know, it's been a little bit of a struggle, you know. For you, it's early in the morning. For me, it's over here. It's late in the afternoon. Do you remember the video that I made, Zero to 600 in stock music licensing, and then you making a video about that? Do you remember that whole deal? Yes, I do remember. And I remember that video because I think it's probably one of the most viewed videos that you have. Oh, absolutely. Channel. Yeah, for sure. I think it's the most, you know, people are always curious about income, really. Yeah, yeah. Sound to music licensing, yeah. So I built the whole channel. Everybody was, is, you know, the, I tell Steve all the time and different people, the reason I built the channel was because I was listening to you and I was listening to Steve, but I was having different results. Well, like you say, it's such a small niche in the music uh, industry, right? Because we're talking about music licensing. Yeah. So, but, but musicians want to do uh, music, right? They want to mm -hmm. have an income. But some musicians are in a band. They're gigging. They're probably teaching one-on-one. -on -one, yeah. But they don't necessarily have a YouTube channel. They mm -hmm. don't, don't necessarily want to share uh, much more about that, right? And they don't see this as a way of 
I've connected with other like-minded people and then see where that takes them. Because yeah. when I started my YouTube channel, I just wanted to share really. And one of my, my most view of videos is exactly, I think it's the second video, which is titled how to make a living selling stock music on Audio Jungle or something like that anyways. Mm -hmm. But it's terribly shot. It's in black and white, out of focus, <laughs> no microphone or nothing. And still that video seemed to attract, uh, at least in the beginning, I haven't checked the analytics lately, but it, people resonate with this type of videos, like the one that yeah. you did, yeah. you know, from zero to 600 with a music license, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. How I earn a living doing this, or how do I do music and produce an income by streaming my music on Spotify, or whatever. Sure. So I think musicians and composers or producers in general are really curious to know yeah. what opportunities are out there and how can someone else get those same opportunities and yeah it might not work for you in the same way that it worked for me or for you or for for stevie b but mm -hmm. it's it's an opportunity so and we need to see that someone else is doing it in order for us to get inspired and say like if he's doing it over there which is my whole motto yeah. really my whole philosophy if i can do it you can do it i i did not do what i normally do on this channel and ask the first question that i ask everyone is how do you make music income now in 2023? Well, I still make music. Music is a big chunk of my income, but obviously that has evolved because of the YouTube thing, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I make even money with YouTube. Well, and I count your channel as music income. So if, because it's about music, you're teaching about music and music making. Yeah. So if you include that, plus your money that you get from licensing in any way, what would you say percentage wise that is of your income uh, it depends obviously it fluctuates a lot from yeah. month to month when it comes down to music licensing but my biggest library the biggest earner at the moment which i've shared all over youtube and over the years mm -hmm. i have tried to document that journey has been audio jungle and but not audio jungle per se but actually envato elements which is a subscription library in uh envato market mm -hmm. so that's a big percentage of my income when it comes down to to a library and when i whenever i talk about Envato elements a lot of people get wind up because they say okay it's a closed library i can't get in and i'm like yeah but it's the same is with art list the same is with many many sure. libraries and even if you yeah. want to go and join a sync library or a production library that is exclusive it, it's yeah. even harder to get in yeah, now sure. just because someone is talking about a exclusive library and that they're having success with that library that doesn't mean that it's a scam okay <laughs> All right. And it doesn't mean that it's not working. Yeah, it's working for me. Yeah. That particular library. For you it might be something different. For example, in Artlist, I got rejected by Artlist. I probably should me apply too. again. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I know that, for example, Stevie B is doing great with Artlist. Oh, yeah. And I know other people that are just involved with Artlist and they do great. Okay. Yeah. So if he's sharing this type of of success with his music with a particular library. That just not only validates for, for newcomers here in, in this industry to say like, okay, this is supposed to get me pumped and inspired to do it. It might not be with Artlist, it might not be with Envato Elements, it might not be with the Audio Jungle, it might not be even with Pond5, mm -hmm. but you have to find your own library. And we all know that if you're in music licensing, when it comes down to sync music or exclusive libraries, even if you have a book with a list of all of these exclusive libraries, you know, composers don't even reveal yeah. which library they're actually being successful with yeah. because they don't want to, I don't know, to create more competition. And I hate to use that word because I don't believe in competition. Yeah. Okay. But the same goes for, for stock libraries. I can't tell you how many times 
composers have reached out to me, okay? And they have said, I'm doing great with this library. Please do not mention it on YouTube. <laughs> All right? Really? I've never had yes. that. No one's ever said yes. that to me. That's funny. Well, it's about sharing what works for me. At least, so I have to speak from my own experience. But when I hear somebody saying like, oh, I'm doing great with this library, but please don't mention it on your YouTube. I'm like, listen, I am not mega famous. I only have a handful of subscribers in the music licensing niche, and I am very focused only on stock music. So I'm not going to be talking about exclusive libraries. Yeah. All right. Because all of my income comes from stock libraries. Yeah. From there, and this is a very gradual process of evolution, I guess, when it comes down to, to putting yourself out there online, the income has come primarily from stock music in the mm -hmm. beginning. And then after that, when I started the YouTube channel, then YouTube started to happen. Okay. And YouTube was monetized from, from back in the day. Then they stopped the, the, the monetization. I don't remember why, but they changed the, and I've done a video about that, actually. It was still black and white back then, my videos. But I said, like, I don't care if YouTube is just stopping, you know, paying me for, for producing videos because I don't meet the criteria. That's when they introduced the 1,000 subscribers oh, okay. minimum and the 400 or 4,000 hours or whatever. And I said, I, I don't care. I'm still making videos. When was your YouTube. first video? What year? Uh, it was uh, December of 2016. 16 wow and then you know i slowly started to create videos but then uh, the youtube when i don't you nobody does youtube for to make money i mean mm -hmm. you know the amount yeah. of effort that goes yeah. into create youtube no, videos yeah. we're not here doing prank videos or or doing funny videos yeah we're doing here videos to to educate mm -hmm. uh and and to inspire other artists and composers to do something yeah. so the primarily source of income when it comes down to stock music for me has always been Audio Jungle, now in Vato Elements for the last few years. Do you combine those? Do you just think of those together? Or do you think... No, they're separate, they're separate payments, actually. So more from Envato Elements than Audio Jungle these days, would you say? So Envato Elements is the top yep. for me. And then and Envato Elements is the top. And then it's Audio Jungle. But they're two mm -hmm. separate payments, even yep. though it's coming from the same right. company. Of course. Uh, Melody Loops, which is a small library as well. And I had got, gotten into a lot of trouble talking about Melody Loops because it's a small library. Okay, and they don't accept people. many people. They don't accept many people. And the only mm -hmm. reason why I joined Melody Loops a few years ago is because I recognized the composers' names in the list of composers. I said, like, this guy's in Audio Jungle. This yeah. guy's in Audio Jungle as well. So yeah. maybe uh, I should join, right? And I joined, and then that, that was it. But whenever I talk about Melody Loops, everybody comes back to me. They say, like, they're not accepting. They're not, yeah. well, sorry, man. You know, I mean, <laughs> I am not working with the libraries themselves. Yeah. I'm just trying to share what works. So you have to try out uh, different angles. Well, it's not much different than when people, when I talk about sync libraries and they go, which libraries are you with? Well, and me and Dave Croft have talked about this before and that the fact that uh, I can mention some libraries, but some libraries are more, they, they don't want their name mentioned on air or, um, you know, it's just not something that you talk about or, you know, and so they're like, well, how'd you get in it? Um, well, I, I'll tell you how I got in it. I can sh tell you what I made and here's the music that I put in it, but that doesn't mean you're going to have the same success with that. And yeah, those three libraries are a little sticky for everybody right now. Cause if you're just coming into all of this kind of licensing stuff, you can't get in audio jungle right now. Uh, and you, and I don't think, personally, unless you've been in Audio Jungle for, and maybe you know different, but unless you've been in Audio Jungle and done well for over five years or six years, I'm not sure you're going to get in Elements either. Because I think I, I, it's, we can't quite 
decode how you get in Envato Elements and get invited to that, but I think it has something to do with a long history of selling on Audio Jungle. Would you agree to that? I have no idea what the criteria is, to be quite quite honest with you. Yeah, nobody the does. reason when, when I got invited by Envato Elements, to Envato Elements, uh, I don't even know if I had the criteria to join. Yeah, right? but dude, I you have... What do you have, 700 files up on Audio Jungle, maybe? I have 700 files, but I don't have any particular file that is, you know, top rated or with more yeah. than a thousand sales or anything mind-blowing like that. Okay. But at the same time, uh, yes, I had one track feature on Audio Jungle back in the, in the day, mm -hmm. which helped quite a lot with sales because you're in the front page. And the way they had the front page back then in Audio Jungle is that all of these tracks will appear one next to the other. Mm -hmm. And that will live on the front page of Audio Jungle for weeks, at least for a month, you know? And, and a lot of people got exposure like that, all right? You have no saying in what tracks the Audio Jungle team are going to select when it comes down to being right, featured, sure. all right? Sure. So when it comes down to being invited like that, and I, I don't know why they do it like that, because it should be an option. Yeah. For composers. If you're in Audi Jungle, you should be able to opt in and say, I want to be part of the subscription. Yeah. That's where the market is going. But it's like Motion Array. They're they're probably trying to be as picky as possible, trying to make sure their quality is high and they're using people who they know already. That's good to know. Um, you know, Artlist and Motion Array are now owned by the same company. They're, you know, Artlist owns Motion Array. So since that's happened, Motion Array quality level has gone up and, and it's harder to get in. And that's another one you talk about if you're if you think people are mad about you, they're mad at, you know, when I talk about Motion Array and I've made videos on Motion Array and I talk and Steve and I talk about Motion Array all the time. And Steve's made thousands of dollars in some months, you know, from Motion Array. And they're like, I can't even get in. They won't even listen to my stuff. But, you know, uh, Alex B. could not get in Motion Array for a long time. And he was in our Discord, uh, and I know you know him, and he was very discouraged about that. And he would try right. and try and try. But guess what? Third try, he continued to get better, continued to work on his stuff. And then he got in, and that, he had a $3,000 a month or something like that a few yeah, earlier exactly. this year. Well, <laughs> well it, that's, that's the, the thing is the mindset. Most composers and musicians, they have a problem with mindset. It's not the music, really. Yeah. Okay, when it comes down to Audio Jungle, going back to Audio Jungle and income, for example, sales have completely, not completely stopped, but they have suffered quite a lot over the years. And anybody who's in Audio Jungle will tell you that. Yep. I mean, are you in Audio Jungle? Yes. Okay. Yep. I don't know what's. I, I got in what, right what before you... they closed it. They closed it in. All right. I think it's been two years now since they've closed it. They said they're going to close for six months, and it's been like two years, I think. But um, I, I was, I got in. About four months early 2021, and I think they closed in the summer of 2021. If I don't, if I'm not, yeah, something I'm like that. Well, listen, sales are really slow, but still, in Audio Jungle, you get this odd, yeah. massive licenses. Sure. I mean, a week ago or two, yeah, you the got the, of the month, I got like a massive uh, TV broadcast, like the top license that's like $200. Okay, yeah, yeah, so that's for one track that I did back in 2016. Yeah, all right, so to me, that is like. This is great. Yeah. Now, this can happen every day. Obviously, the next sale is like $6. It's yeah. fine, you know. Yeah. But it, that adds up slowly. And, and it's something to be said that if somebody is willing to get their credit card and go to a library like Audio Jungle mm -hmm. and say, I want to purchase that track, right, for $250. Yeah. Obviously, Audio Jungle gets their, their cut. By the time I get my cut, it's like 100 and something, depending on, I can't remember exactly what it is. But, you know, it is people that are actually paying. 
in a marketplace like Ode Django and yeah, Motion Array and the rest and all of this, you know. So, you know, the, the, the results will vary, you know, from, from composer to composer and depending sure. on the music that you make as well, okay. for sure. So um, percentage wise getting, uh, and, and I know you have another channel. We're gonna talk about that in a little while because that's kind of a separate topic I want some questions on. As far as stock music these days and, and with audio with Envato Elements, then Audio Jungle, then Melody Loops being your your biggest ones. And then we all have lots of smaller ones. You know, Pond Five pays what it pays. I would imagine Pond yeah. Five is after that, right? As far as payments or Yeah, Pond Five, uh, motion elements still brings really? in some some cash yeah motion element i mean it, it's just it's so different for everyone yeah i know um so uh all of that plus your channel is that makeup how is that doing percentage wise for you is that your main job would you still say at this moment well my job my job is me i used to struggle a lot <laughs> with this i used to struggle with with labels so before i said i'm a guitar player mm -hmm. right and that will be my job and I want to be in a rock band. But then that didn't really fit what I was doing at the time. But when I started to do music from home and I decided to say, I'm going to go and do stock music or music licensing, I should say. And, and I said, like, OK, so I know how to play the guitar. I know about music production. I have all of these sk skills as a musician. So what exactly am I willing to do right without putting myself a label and mm -hmm. without saying this is what I'm going to be doing in the future? So my main job was to just earn money with my music using all of my skills. So it didn't matter the fact that I have uh, a sound engineering degree. That that means nothing. Mm -hmm. Okay, I don't even hang my degree anywhere. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I don't either. I don't. I don't even use that to promote my courses. <laughs> okay. I don't even use like, hey, I have a sound uh, engineering degree, <laughs> so I know what I'm talking about when it comes down to frequencies. Okay. So I don't use that. Yeah. But when it came down to just making money with my music, my main concern was, can I produce music and sell it online? Okay, so that was the main job. So my job at that moment, I'm just thinking I am a composer. All right. I am a composer working from home and I want to sell it online. I don't want to gig. I don't want to go on tour. I don't want to do one on one teaching. I don't want to do I mean, all of these things. Mm -hmm. I really had to get rid of in my head to say I'm not in a band. I'm not a rock star. I'm not this. So I don't have problems with labels. I'm just a guy. Yeah. Okay. So when the whole YouTube thing started and I was presenting myself as a stay at home dad is because that's the label that I gave myself. Yeah. I am a stay at home dad living in a foreign country that move. I moved from the UK here with my, my family. And, and this is what's happening. This is the reason that's the story behind me yeah. doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Okay. So I started to do make money with the music. My first, my, my income goals were really slow back then. Okay. Very low. I said, like, if I can only make $300 a month with music, with stock music, more specifically, yeah, that's a goal, which I always recommend composers and musicians or, or artists that want to get started in music licensing or in music in general, is to have a clear goal. Mm -hmm. Okay, not just I want to make money. Yeah, how much money? For me, it was $300. When I say that to people, people, they go like, get out of here, man. What am I going <laughs> to do with $300? But to me, it was something that it will bring in. It was something that was realistic. Yeah. All right. And I hate to use that word as well to be realistic and conservative. But I said, like, if I can earn $300 a month selling music, yeah. I've made it. Yeah. Okay. Once you reach that income goal, selling music on, online and stock libraries, then I said, like, I know this other guy is doing better because I can see their sell counts. And yeah. I was obsessed yeah. with the other guys and saying, yeah. like, okay, 
It's easy if to these do. guys, yeah, so you can obsess about that and say like, okay, this guy's definitely doing this much. So that means there's no reason why I shouldn't be doing similar, yeah, sim- similar income. So once you reach that goal, and then you go and say like, okay, I'm doing it. I'm living what it seemed to be the dream of me working from home, making music, and selling it online. So that's in itself is a business, yeah, right. So I'm not thinking anymore as an artist, as a flat broke artist, torture artist. I'm changing my philosophy and my mindset and going from like, I'm selling a product here. It just yeah. happens to be music. Do you? And think- I went, and I sorry to interrupt, but when I went from a process of thinking that instead of me coming here to my studio and playing music, I'm going to go and do some work. Yeah. Right. Sure. So, so, so the mindset has to change. And then people are going to say like, yeah, but music is not work. Yeah. Right. But to me, if I want to become a professional, it has to be work. Sure. Yeah. You know, if it's a hobby, it's fine. You can have it as a hobby. But for me, I had to come to terms with, with that. Like, okay, this is a, this is a job. And I want to make sure that this becomes my main source of income. So that's number one. Once that achieved that level, that it, for me, everything was a win. Because if when you're broke and unemployed, even when you earn $50, you're just going up, right? Yeah. Yeah. So once, you reach, once I reached that and the YouTube started to happen, that I was just sharing my journey, mm-hmm. then this thing started to, to evolve naturally. People get reaching out. Hey, I want to do the same thing. I changed the name of my YouTube channel, so I'm not promoting my music anymore to get clients. Because that was the original idea with my YouTube channel, mm-hmm. was to promote my music so I can sell more. So my, sell my target Sell audience, more music? Yes, to sell more music. So I started my YouTube channel to promote the music that I had on Audio Jungle. Obviously, I, I made the terrible mistake <laughs> to start talking on camera. Right. And that turned into something else, which is even yeah. greater than I ever sure. expected, because I was connected with other composers and other musicians, so not with my clients. It's not a it's not a percentage. Your full time job is making music, making video. If you want to yeah, if you want to like dissect, dissect what I do for a living. And when people ask me what I do for a living, even here in the real world, here in Greece, yeah. where I live. I just say I make music and I teach about music. So they mm-hmm. are, make music for for me. Yeah, it's very complicated for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I just say I just make music. I don't even go to YouTube. I just say I just teach about music, and yeah. they kind of like ah okay. And then if they ask a little bit more, I say like well you know it's I don't sing. Okay, because yeah. here in Greece, when you tell people like I I, I teach music, <laughs> they just picture somebody playing the guitar and singing. I don't know. So it really depends, but I don't have these uh, uh, labels of I am a composer or I'm an educator. I'm everything. So my income comes from stock music, from YouTube, from courses, obviously. I mean, I built a knowledge business based off that. Mm-hmm. And I have a new YouTube channel teaching others on how to set up that and see how they can create a knowledge business based on their expertise. So I know that I had to start to be careful um, after my first year in, um, you know, royalty-free music licensing, that I saw some libraries I was spending a lot of time on that weren't per- bringing back any sales, and I had to start to say, okay, I'm going to have to prioritize certain libraries that I know will make sales, and kind of quit uploading to ones that aren't for me, you know. And everyone, they, like we said, everybody's going to it's going to be different for everybody. Um, so I, starting in 2022 and over the past two years, I have really uh, spent less time uploading 
and more, less time putting stuff up there. I make more music now. I make as much music as I ever did. But I put less up to these. I probably spend less time on certain libraries and certainly more on the ones that work, just like you. You probably go to Audio Jungle and Envato first and Melody Loops first if you're uploading something new because you know that you it does okay there. Um, what percentage of your time these days is spent making and uploading new music? Very little. I do. I, I now compose music as a side gig. Gotcha. Because it's completely passive. Mm -hmm. And this is what I'm trying to say to people that once you start uploading music to different libraries, years down the line, they're going to start, they're going to carry on selling. Okay. So the last sale, like I mentioned, for example, that these tracks are very old. They're from 2016. I mean, I feel like deleting those tracks, but they're there and there's still data to show that tracks are being downloaded even on other libraries, which are subscription. It's all mixed. It's tracks from 2016, yeah. 17, from last month. So the, the things that I do nowadays when it comes down to music making is that I do it on my spare time. What does that mean, my spare time? Well, I love to make YouTube videos. I have now two YouTube channels. Yeah. So I, 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 I educate. So education mm -hmm. is a big part of what I do. It's, it's a passion that it was developed because of what I do. I didn't plan to just say, hey, I'm going to start creating online courses about music licensing, and I'm actually going to like it. And mm -hmm. the same goes with the YouTube. When you start doing YouTube videos, you're yeah. like, okay, this, this seems to be quite a lot of energy that I'm going to have to spend here. People think that making YouTube, I will argue that you, making YouTube videos takes more time yeah. than making music. Oh, yeah, I agree. And, you know, I talked with Clint about this the other day, um, Clint. Anthony Clint Jr. was on my channel, and we talked about the same thing. And I've gotten, and I'm sure you have, I've gotten flack about teaching because people are saying, hey, if you're making so much money with stock music licensing or with the sync licensing or uh, whatever you, with Spotify and all this stuff, why do you spend so much time making music, making videos about it on YouTube and trying to teach it? And I said, you know, you know, none of us planned to do this. When I started this channel, I just wanted to kind of share my, my thoughts. And the next thing I knew, there was a community that wanted to interact with me. And, and hey, whenever you find a community of people that you like to talk to, you want to talk to them. It's, it's a natural human thing. And I think people don't know about when you start a YouTube channel, first of all, all the editing and time that we spend and, and putting those things out so that you can have education about this stuff. And you know this better because you've been doing this at least two times longer than me, maybe three times longer than me. And you have put in so much mileage on your channel to teach us stuff. So, uh, you know, I think the the whole um, those who can't teach thing, you know, where they say if you, if, you, if you teach about making music, you should be making music instead. Well, you can't make music 24 hours a day, then you'd hate it. You know, it, it, it's just, there's, and I know because I've, I, I work a lot of hours a day just doing music and I only spend probably a third of that making it because I've, I just, I have to, I have to do what I do. And people just don't realize how much work that we put in, uh, into these channels and, and also how much I start, I kind of think of myself as a composer slash educator now. Again, it goes back to, to the mindset and it goes back to the labels. Okay, yeah. and and I know that musicians and composers, as they're watching this, they already have in their heads an idea of what their dream life looked like. Okay, and what I mean by that that a lot of composers, if you're a guitar player, you probably want to be a rock star and go on tour. Okay, yeah. and that's probably your dream. If you're a composer, a cinematic composer, you want to be the next Hans Zimmer. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's that's what you have. That's the label that you have put yourself. Okay. When it comes down to what I do or what you do or what other people want to do, is so different and it's so personal that when it comes down to those who cannot do teach or whatever, that comes from a from a different mindset, and. and in my opinion, comes from a from a scarcity mindset because they're pretty much saying that you're full of crap because if you were actually making the money that you said you make with your music, you wouldn't be teaching. Right. That's number one. <laughs> number two, that if they are coming with that argument, then right off the bat, they're not being successful even with what they're doing right now mm-hmm. with music or anything in life. Okay, Because it all comes down to, to that perception. And actually, if you want to become a master of what you're doing, whether that's music or whatever you want to do in life, you need to teach it. If you cannot explain something to somebody, okay, if you cannot explain your craft to somebody, then you're not really a master of it. My compositions have gotten so good over the years, it's because I have taught them, okay? I can actually explain something and say, this is how you compose a music track for music licensing. This is what you do, number one, number two, this and this. Bum, there you go. Okay, so the reason why that the tracks that I have gotten uh, more successful with over the years, and when I say over the years, I say for the last three or four years, is because everything that I do now is with with a mindset that I am creating a composition, first of all, that is a product for my library, for my catalog. That's mm-hmm. number one. Then I am saying this can be a workshop, okay? So, so that track that I composed for my catalog on Audio Jungle or Pond 5, that now has become a teaching a resource for me to explain yeah. how the hell I did this track. Mm-hmm. That's number two. Number three, how can I explain this as well as possible for others to do it, you know, and get rid of all of these mind uh, roadblocks that all of composers have and musicians? Okay, so so that's my mindset when it comes down to composing music. Yeah. So when I compose music nowadays, and I take it a step further, my music tracks, I use them on my YouTube channel and for my vlogs and for my podcast. So I am doing, I'm, I'm creating an ecosystem that everything I create is for, for everything. Moments. Mm-hmm. So it's for my stock music, it's for my YouTube videos, it's for my, for teaching, for a workshop. If I can create a course around it, then I need to learn. For example, if I don't, I didn't know anything about lo-fi music. Mm-hmm. And I said like, okay, this seems to be a quite, you know, popular genre. I love lo-fi music. Let me jump in and see what is this whole thing about, right? Yeah. I learned about it. I absorbed the thing. I learned how to make lo-fi music. I say, well, now that I know it, I have to put it back out there. Yeah. Okay. So I'm coming from the philosophy and from the mindset that there has to be more to, for, than just me learning about it, keeping it to yeah. myself, and then say, I'm going to run with it. Don't, don't look at me over here. I'm doing well. So if you want to learn about lo-fi or stock music, go over it. I don't know. Fi- figure it out for yourself. Yeah. No, man. It has to come from a place that I read this book, right? I read this book. I learned something from it. I can't contain myself yes. to not yes. share it. Like I, whatever it takes. And now, I, if, you, that, if I'm going to write a book about it and say, now I have a book about this book that I read, buy it. Well, you're 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 actually now making money off a book and all that nonsense. Well, you go and you go into your day job and you still get paid because why are you going to a, J, a, a day job? Why yeah. why don't you do it for free then? <laughs> you see what I mean? What's the difference? You and I both know and follow people who are very successful, and they're not successful because 
they are ripping people off. They are learning through reading books and through following other people that they know. We'll talk about Graham Cochran here in a little while. We're both fans of his, and we talked about Pat Flynn already. And, you know, those those people have read books and are, are teaching from that. They're not just, like, trying to make money uh, off of that. But that's, that's enough on this topic because we could talk about this all day. <laughs> Speaking of things that are in the news right now, I loved your thoughts, if not your language, when you talked about AI recently. And I feel very much the same way that you do. I am not threatened in the slightest uh, as a composer by a computer or program replacing me as a composer. AI does not threaten me when I'm sitting at my piano uh, creating something or I'm working on a work for the stage, which is needs humans to have happen, or almost any area where my compositions are being used. So. Uh, if my music is being affected by AI, then maybe I'm not doing my job in the first place very well. But do you think anyone should be threatened by AI tech or programs? And please keep it clean, Daniel. This is a family show. <laughs> yeah, we have to keep it clean, actually, because uh, then we don't get uh, monetized on YouTube, actually. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. As I know you would preach about this from the mountaintops, but I, you know, your general thought is what about AI and music? Let's I, and just stay about stock music for now. Okay, for, for music licensing, I don't know where's it going, okay? I've heard the things that AI music can, can create, and I think it's fascinating, you know? I'm all for futuristic advancement. I believe in, in advancement to the point that we're like, what the hell is this? Sure. I mean, you and me, we grew up without smartphones, without internet. Without DAWs. You know, exactly. So so we don't we I remember when there was a world before social media, yeah. before YouTube, okay, and, and before all of this, before the fact that we can actually make music, the fact that we can talk like this over the yeah. internet. You're over there, I'm over I'm here. In Florida, I mean, you're in Greece. It's crazy. So for me when it comes down to AI music, I think that the again I'm gonna go back to the mindset, all right? Because it comes back to that scarcity mindset, that fear. Is AI going to replace jobs across different industries? Absolutely. Is the arts going to be affected by it? Yeah, most likely. When it comes down to composition and music, I don't know how that's going to look like, but all I know is that we composers can certainly use AI to our advantage, and we're still going to be making music, man. And hopefully it'll, it'll evolve to a thing that eventually, and Pond5 and all the libraries are pretty much telling us we're going to train uh, with your music, and there might be an income stream from that for you. If someone trains off of a music piece that you did, we're going to try to get some money to you. And I just read that Universal and Google are working on a way for people to be able to legally use voices of their artists. And so they're trying to monetize AI, and I think our the libraries are trying to monetize AI, and hopefully that will be something that can bring more income. We never knew that stock music could bring us income back at some point. Never. And and yeah. then and then and now we we're I think in a few years we might have AI that's training off of our music that we're making and that could be an income stream for us. I like to look at it more positive personally. So. Listen, if we were if you and me get together today and we say like, hey, we want to create a, a music library, we're going to be forced to adapt to what's happening right now in the yeah. industry, yeah. meaning that we now have a music library. We need to bring in composers now yeah. because it's not just about your music and my music that we're going to be licensing. We want, uh, you know, we want music, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? 
So we're going to be forced to adapt and say, well, what's happening right now? We need to accept music that is, we need to offer to our clients a membership. Mm-hmm. Okay, You might hate membership libraries right now, yeah. but if you were creating a library right now, you will need to say, I want to offer to my clients a membership sure. option for them to download our music. Yeah. Okay, that's number one. Number two, are we going to accept a PRO registered music on, on our library? Yeah. That's another option. That's very common. I mean, that's, that's something that happened over the last few years in stock libraries. Before you couldn't, now you can. Yeah. Okay. Can you, what else are we going to offer? You know, well, we need AI in order to organize all this thing inside the library based yeah. on categories, based on tags, what, you know, that it can listen to the music and say, this is an ambient track, put it over there. Yeah. So it's not yeah. like a real physical human saying like this is an ambient track. Let me just log it in over there. Mm-hmm. This, you know, so there must be some type of AI that is already happening, yeah. you know, in libraries and sure. organizing all of this data. And we will have to do. We will have to use it ourselves yeah. as as a, as a library owners. Yeah. Getting back to stock music for a minute. Um, and by the way, you just pretty much. Told you're going to cause a big stir if you told everybody that you and I are starting a music library. Well, there's no end to the emails <laughs> we're going to get. So, um, despite the reports of stock music's demise by people through the years, to be honest, if I run the numbers, especially with my content ID um, income now, my royalty free library numbers seem to be leveling off over the past two years and staying about the same, even though Motion Array changed the way it paid because that, that was a cash cow back in 2021. But now it's, uh, and it still is for some people if you create certain kinds of music. But everything else seems to be consistent the last two years. Pond5, Audio Jungle, um, something always pops up and pays me. And it looks like my 2023 uh, estimates are going to be about the same as 2022. I, I, I know you've been doing a lot of income videos lately. How are you seeing these libraries? Do you think year on year are they are they leveling off for you do you see even though you're not putting new stuff in there it depends on the library that's number one number two it depends on how active i am as well on the library so some libraries i have if i haven't uploaded anything obviously the income decreases i have done some several uh, over the years some several tests on what happens when you stop uploading to a library like phone five mm-hmm. and i've done a video about that a few years ago and just report like hey there's some sales happening now what does that mean it means nothing really because yeah. at the same time, it's like that was true when I did that. But then if I carry on with that trend, and yes, I have some tracks already there that are sitting, you know, but if I don't upload anything anymore, then sales are going to decrease, obviously. Okay. You just need to create more, more music. That's number one, That's number one with, with that uh, a test. When it comes out over the years, it's very consistent with certain libraries. Some of the libraries have dropped completely, like Audio Jungle, for example. And then you just get the odd... Uh, massive sale, mm-hmm. which the, the big the biggest license that I get are usually an Audio Jungle, yeah, like big license. Like it, this doesn't happen in other libraries, but that's for me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but then there's other libraries which are very very steady. And again, Evato Elements has been very very steady over the years. And my promise to to people that come to my channel and to take my courses and everything is that you can earn between five hundred to a thousand dollars by selling stock music online. That has been. You still feel like that's possible now. Absolutely, you know, okay. and f- that's why I share my my latest income record, uh, report, which is my latest video. As I'm recording this, it's Tuesday. The video came out yesterday. Every yeah, single Monday, a new video comes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a video about my takings again on Evato Elements because I'm just sharing what happens on a day to day basis and what's happening 
from day to day. Now, I'm not going to do a video every single day, say, hey, I earned 20 quid today mm -hmm. or $20. Yeah. But it gives you a rough idea what happens just with one library. So I earn above four, $500 just with one library alone. Yeah. And that's in Vato Elements. Yeah. Uh, you know, Stevie B, when he reached out years ago, talking about this, you know, it's, it's another like testimonial. Like you can put me there that yeah. this is possible. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure and Stevie B too. will say to you. And you too as well. So you will be, it's, that's the proposition or that's the, the offer, you know, that we're here to say like, you can do this between $500 and $1,000 per month selling stock music online, okay? Now, some people do that with one library. Some people mm -hmm. do that with a combination of different libraries. It all yeah. depends. And yeah, this fluctuates a lot, sure. you know? Yeah, it, that's what it is for me. It's very much a every month there's some new surprise. Song Trader paid me something. Pond5 decided to pay me something. I made a big sale over here or there. Something always comes up. And another thing that's brought me a, a decent amount of income over the past year is Content ID. And we talked before we started recording, and you told me that you are not in Content ID. It's been a question, Steve, and I've been meaning to ask you for a long time. And by the way, everyone, Stevie B is here in spirit with us today. He is uh, three hours uh, behind me, so that makes him nine hours behind Daniel or uh, ten hours behind Daniel. So. He was not. He wanted so much to be part of this interview and have the three of us together on screen. But he said, "I love you guys, but 5:30 is just too early for me to get up." He's a <laughs> night owl. But um, we we talk a lot about content ID. And uh, do you think, since you are not in content ID, first of all, you maybe you could tell me why. But second of all, do you think it helps you in sales? No, I don't. I don't think that being in content ID uh, is either helps or deters people from from buying tracks. People, customers are very very aware mm -hmm. of what content ID is. So the reason why I'm not with content ID yet is because when I'm joining certain libraries, sometimes they don't want yeah. composers to be uh, with content ID. That doesn't mean that I have discouraged that idea. I I do have an account with them, by the way, because I've been bombarded like with emails, like, "Hey, put your music with content ID." Mm -hmm. Like over the years, like to the point that I okay, I'm gonna create an account, but then mm -hmm. I haven't uploaded anything, I haven't done anything. I've heard from some composers. I have a friend who does very well with content ID, mm -hmm. and and I always feel like you know what, maybe I should jump in there. I mean, you tell me how you're doing with content ID because I know that I'm I'm definitely leaving some money on the table with content ID. Yeah, I've had I've had two hundred dollar months uh, with content ID. I, I don't know if there's it's been more, but Stevie has bigger months because he has bigger uh, lots more um plays through motion array he you know since he does so well motion array and art list but art list kind of takes care of content id from what i understand but uh yeah i i have been over the past year experimenting with super low prices on stock in order to get more things into content id because i find i make more on content id on the back end it's almost like our pro for mm -hmm. uh for stock music or royalty free music so um, I'm a big believer in it. I use Identify, and they. I like someplace like that because they concentrate on it. You know, so many people say, "Should I use my DistroKid to get?" No, I don't think you should use a place that kind of is an add-on service. That because first of all, you got to pay yearly for that service there, and I I like having a company that only all Identify does is Content ID. That's it. It's a seventy thirty split. 
and and you don't pay them anything. There's nothing up front. There's no joining fee or anything like that. They give you pretty good reports, and I mean, how it all works is very much like PROs. You know, you 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 don't know the the how BMI pays. There's no formula that they tell you how it works, but um, you can see they let you see the videos that your stuff was on, and uh, I just I love it very much, and. You know, it, it. I can't tell if it's affected my sales. I'll have no way of knowing if someone didn't choose my track because it had content ID on it or if it had PRO on it. You know, people get freaked out if they think they know something about that, which they usually don't. And and they can whitelist. I can whitelist any video. So if they come to me or they go to Pond5 out of the jungle, they'll whitelist their video so they don't have to worry about content ID. It's not really a thing. It's just an extra step that some people get fearful about. But uh, Steve is a person who is perfectly... Uh, happy with uh, it because it's it's not limited to his sales. Everything he puts up is content ID, and he's had literally a five thousand dollar month on Motion Array before, and he's done a video about that. But uh, we don't see it being a big um, a problem. It, it would be interesting from your perspective to see how that how that does. But I'm I, I do think you're leaving money on the table personally. I think you're leaving a lot. Yeah, it's something that I've been meaning to do for the longest time, and. For sure, and I'm with Identify too. The, the, these are the people that contacted me via email, and I said like, okay, I'm gonna open an account, and then I'll get to it. But then, you know, there's not much to it. There's not much to it. I mean, you upload, and then there's just a few things you put in. You don't have to really tag it crazy. There's uh, okay. only a few things that are. Everything else is optional. You can put a lot of optional tags in, but really, and like ISRC, what does that mean in in them? They're only worried about if you got played on YouTube or not, and so they yeah. need the file and they need the name, and then they they need to know how to pay you. It's not like you need to put a lot yeah. of stuff in. And so, yeah, I think you should. Definitely. Um, have you joined any new libraries in the last two years? Oh, in the last two years? No, really. Um, that's a good and question. I, I know you said that you also, on your latest video, you said that you've been rejected by Artlist and you talk about Music Vine. I've been rejected by both of those as well. Although mm. I'm more of a fringe composer by choice. I just like to do lots of different kinds of things and not just mm. the cool YouTuber music or lo-fi or anything like that. You know, Every time I do lo-fi, it just turns out like jazz, but um, which nobody wants, by the way. Uh, although I do get some big jazz sales on Audio Jungle every now and then, you know? But um, so haven't joined any new libraries or, or no, no, I haven't. Actually, I haven't. They are uh, and for some crazy reason. I haven't really reconsidered to to submit to Artlist, which I should. Yeah, I should definitely submit to, to Artlist as well. There are some different libraries out there. I mean, Music Vine, Music Vine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Music Vine. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's very much like Artlist. Both of those are kind of artist centric. I think that's a yeah. you might have a better uh, better look at that because you're kind of just you. You're Daniel with your music. I'm all these brands, yeah. and they don't want brands. They want they want sexy. They want artists, artists. You know. I think I think they want artists. Like they, they want somebody to. Yes, I think they want people to just be an artist and promoting themselves. Like, hey, I have a, like a, my music is on Spotify or, or SoundCloud. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I have music on SoundCloud, but it's certainly not as an artist. Yeah. Uh, I get, there's so many things that I still want to do, Eric. You know, I mean, I still want to release music for on, on Spotify. I don't know if it's going to be music. You don't release anything on Spotify. I have nothing, man. I mean, this wow. again, and more, more, more music uh, that I can be releasing there, and and many, and maybe get some money there. I have no idea what the streaming uh, business is when it comes down to income. 
uh, but I'm not there, you know. I look like, at I'm streaming as like legacy, you know. I mean, uh, to some extent, your stuff is in stock music libraries, but only a certain kind of person sees that, the people going to look for something for their yes. video or for a presentation or something. And I think that the world is is more is deserving to hear your music on Spotify when they just get suggested by Spotify to listen to this newest kind of tune, rock tune, uh, I like guitar tunes, or I like lo-fi, or whatever else things you've done. I think you should. Mm. I, I'm start. I, I made it a point this year to start trying to put up everything I put out to libraries, especially non-exclusive ones, because not mm -hmm. all my exclusive libraries let me put stuff into Spotify for whatever reason. Because sometimes they do, but all the non-exclusive stuff that can go everywhere. I can do anything I want with that. So, um, well, man, I I love this all this talk, and thanks for all your thoughts on this. And and by the way, if you want way more stuff about stock music licensing, you can go to stockmusiclicensing.com or uh, youtube.com slash stockmusiclicensing. That's where you'll find Daniel. But I want to transition a little bit to your new channel before we end up this conversation because um, I know you've been starting a new channel over the past few years. And I also know that, uh, like me, Graham Cochran is a big influence on you and certainly is for me because I listen to his podcast religiously, <laughs> so to speak. And um, do you have any thoughts that this new channel might kind of um, – pull back on how much you do in stock music and music itself as you do more of this professional teaching and leading people. I know you're so passionate about mindset and about fitness and about all these things. Is music too much in your blood to leave completely? I'm sure it is. Or can you see a day when you're f more focused if this channel like takes off and grows? I don't, I, again, going back to the labels, I used to struggle with that a lot, okay? And nowadays, I just do what I want to do. So mm -hmm. if I'm going to get into fitness right now, and I learn a thing or two about fitness, then I'll try to incorporate that in everything yeah. that I do. So whenever a musician comes to me and say, I'm suffering from depression, and I still feel like a tortured artist, I say, okay, show me your habits, show me what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis, okay? And I will try to teach you everything that I know about wellness and you know, fitness, mindset, and everything that I have learned. So the reason why I started my, my new YouTube channel is because I wanted to teach other musicians and composers, but not necessarily <laughs> musicians and compro composers, on how they can set up their own knowledge business. Mm -hmm. This is something that has been happening already with stock mm -hmm. music licenses. So I have clients who mm -hmm. have you mentioned you reach out at one point asking about what I was doing with Stock Music Licensing Academy, mm -hmm. what's the the whole thing, and, and it's just creating online courses and teaching other musicians on how to do what I do. Okay, like you mentioned Graham, for example, I, I'm a big fan of Graham. Uh, actually, I was part of his six-figure community when he launched it. Mm -hmm. uh, it really coincided with my first launch of my online course back then, and I learned so much from him. So I, I really uh, learned pretty much everything from Graham and Pat Flynn, like you mentioned, and, and others in the industry when it comes down to sharing what, what they know and sharing mm -hmm. what I know. Mm -hmm. So what happened with stock music licensing is that as I am creating content and sharing my journey as a stock music composer, I learned about how to set up an online course, how to set up you know a landing page, email marketing, uh, these whole things that... You know, I just got a kick out of it. I just didn't know that that was 
what it was called, but I already had a YouTube channel. I already had content talking about something. I was just not serving my audience the way I should because I will do a YouTube video and I will say, bye, see you later. <laughs> and apparently that's wrong because I'm not offering anything else. Yeah. So that's when you learned about this and say like, well, I actually have to create a free resource, okay? Yeah. Like an ebook mm -hmm. or a workshop. So yeah. I said like, okay, so now I can say to, to the people that are watching my YouTube uh, videos about stock music, like, hey, if you want to learn more about this, click the link below. There's a free ebook that I have done about this. So yep. slowly I started to, to, to evolve and change to the point that I changed the name of my music licensing uh, uh, channel. It was, was called something else back then. And I said, like, it has to reflect what I'm talking about here. What the mm -hmm. hell am I talking about here? Well, I'm talking about stock, music, licensing. Okay. So I learned about positioning. I learned about uh, When did you marketing. make that change? I think it was in 2017 or 18. It was a few. It was years later. So when people yeah. come to me and say, "Like I want to, I want to put myself out there," great, do it. But yeah. you might change. Stevie B was one of them. Okay, he he came to me uh, uh, probably a year ago. I don't remember. With that same issue, like, should I change the name of my YouTube channel yeah. to Stevie B or to Stevie B Production Music or whatever? I said, like, it's a tough call, man. It's mm -hmm. up to you. Yeah. I went through that same process. Yeah. Okay, you, you, the, the YouTube channel is already out there, like for example with TVB. So you already have an audience. Mm -hmm. You're already talking about this and you're talking about that. If you want to call it like this or like that, it's, a, it's such a personal thing, but it has to reflect your personality and your brand. Yeah. Okay, so for me to create the new YouTube channel with my name is all about that side of business, you know, like setting up that. Okay, because I, I develop a passion for that. Okay, I develop a passion for content. Well, quite clearly, I like to create content like you. So uh, I develop a passion of like, how can I serve people better? I already have composers and musicians telling me, how do I set up an online course? How do I create content? Where do you sell your online courses? I hate hey, Daniel. I have taken your online course right now. Mm -hmm. I see what's going on. I am a drummer. How can I create a drummer online course? Or how can I teach about stock music like you? Gotcha. I'll show you everything, man. Yeah, you know. You create content, you put yourself out there, what's your positioning, create a, a free ebook, create the landing pages. But you need to learn a few things though, okay? You need to learn about email marketing, you need to learn how to write, you need to learn how to communicate. I mean, and you'd have to have a passion for sharing. If you don't like sharing and you just wanna keep it all to yourself, you know what I mean? If you just wanna say like, I'm taking everything from the internet for free and hold on to it and not put it back there, then that's not, this is not for you. Okay, so for me, my new YouTube channel is all about how can someone grab the knowledge that they have, okay, and build a business around that without having a big following, but most importantly, based on their passion, okay? Mm -hmm. But obviously, my content is, is mindset and personal development. It's inspirational in nature because that's what I've been doing with Stock Music Licensing anyways, yeah. you know? So you have to identify exactly what you're about what makes you different than the other guys? So I'm literally rubbing shoulders with my mentors because I learned yeah. so much from Pat Flynn and, and uh, Graham, like I said. Mm -hmm. and, and Graham is a great guy. I mean, yeah. even Jordan. Oh, Jordan great. has a nice YouTube channel. Yeah. Jordan, yeah. he has uh, the channel uh, Hardcore Music Studio, I think yeah. it's called. He was another mentor of mine when I first got started, teaching mm -hmm. me everything. Like, okay, you guys are teaching about music production. You're a heavy music guy. Graham is about how to do affordable uh, with affordable gear at, at home with a recorded revolution. And, and I learned so much from them. And I said, like, well, I have this stock music thing going on. Check out my numbers. 
And it's like, okay, you know, it's all well and done. And at the same time, I'm, I, I'm finding myself doing the same thing that I was doing with stock music now with the online courses and the online business world. Has your personal growth now as a business coach with motivational content, teaching people how to be content creators and your new, your, your health conscious, you know, you've been working on yourself a lot over the past few years. You talk about that a lot on your channel. Has that changed the way you feel about writing and exploring uh, music and stock music? Has it, is it, changed anything in that area in that way it, it hasn't changed anything if anything it has given me a hunger for it mm -hmm. a, a healthy you know I, I have a place to put things i'm going back to the labels yeah because i think we suffer a lot from that so for yep. me uh, i cannot go to stock music licensing youtube channel and start talking about this because they don't <laughs> care about that right okay they care about how can i make music for stock libraries that's what i'm here for so for me to create my separate channel with my name, which is all about yeah, personal development, business and lifestyle is because this is what I do because I'm a guy who lives abroad. OK, I make music from home with two kids and, and I live a certain lifestyle uh, that goes all around creativity, personal development and, and health and fitness. And, and even my age, it has to be pulled to the forefront. Yeah. OK. And, and what I do. So but the music. It's just part of what I do for as Daniel. So I don't sure. today I could make a, a stock music track and I just get fired up by it. I just sure. get completely like and at that moment, Good. I'm just making music. Yeah. And, I, and it's, not, it's not something I want to say. I can't wait to get rid of my music path <laughs> or career. <laughs> and then I'm now the business lifestyle coach. I'm yeah. everything. Don't think of it like you that. So yeah. I don't I don't see it to as I don't see it as divorcing myself or, or reinventing myself. My reinvention is happening right now, even as I'm speaking to you. Yeah. And it's all of these things. But if somebody wants Agreed. to learn about stock music, hey, I teach musicians and composers over there about stock music. Yeah. Consume all of this. This is all I have. This is everything that I have learned. Check out my latest track. It's been uploaded yesterday, and this is what I've done. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. This is what is what's going on. But if you want to learn about personal development mindset and, and how I got to where I'm here today teaching about this, it's over there. Yeah. And I'm doing this, doing this, doing this, you know. And it, it, listen, it's just so much going on that it's just a, it's, a, it's what I tell composers and musicians to just, if you want to put yourself out there, you need to be aware of what you're building. Because if you're not building something online in 2023, what the hell are you doing, man? Yeah. Because this is, <laughs> this is your, your resume to, in, to the world. Okay, so when somebody says, what the hell, who are you to, to talk about anything? Just Google my name. So now I can go even into my new YouTube channel and say, this is what I've done with stock music licensing, which is a knowledge business. Okay, a six figure knowledge business teaching musicians about stock music. Yeah. Check the old videos, check everything that I've done. This is how you do it. And I use that as a framework to teach about building an online business. Do you find the growth of your new channel to be slower, faster or about the same as when you started? stock music licensing it's funny that you say that because when i when stock music licensing i remember doing a screenshot on instagram and i had when i reached a thousand subscriber and i think that was in 2017 no it was 18 actually already because my second daughter was already born and if you go there to instagram you will see that all the arrows are in red and they're all pulling down like that like there's just like the worst that you can possibly see if you're a youtuber <laughs> 
And I remember taking a screenshot and I was so happy just to say, like it says, a thousand subscribers. Yeah. The red thing's going down like that on like the watch the, the watch view and the, the click-through rate and all <laughs> money, of this. Yeah. Was Everything was just day. like in red going down. Yeah. And, and it's like, okay, terrible. And I was just, and I still remember feeling like, oh my God, look at that, a thousand subscribers. Yeah. And, and I felt happy about that. I felt like I was in a great place. Today, if I see that on my new YouTube channel, I will probably feel like, what the hell is going on? How come people are not subscribing to my channel now that I have experience? The videos are not in black and white. They're yeah, not. Yeah. I'm talking about something a little bit more serious, like you say. Mm -hmm. It's not just composing music and whacking it in yeah. an audio jungle or something like that. This is about like life changing things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like get your stuff together and let, let, let's let's do something here. Yeah. Uh, so I'm always being, uh, I'm always really aware of where my mind is in terms of, of gratitude. Yeah, and, and I, I can choose to see it like, hey, it's not growing fast, or I can see it like, hey, this is the process, man. Yeah, you know, it, it, it might. The question is, am I am I giving it everything that I have right now? Mm -hmm. The outcome, yeah. I have no control over the outcome. Yeah, like if I put a video, I mean, we don't have a control of, of this video right now. We, we can put it and, and it has zero views, or people are just gonna say like, ah, it's great, or it's not. We have <laughs> no control over that. Yeah, and but our job is to show up and say, hey, let's talk about this. Let's give it our best and then let it go. Mm. I hope that it will grow much bigger. Regardless of where you are in YouTube, uh, you always feel like, yeah, but it could be better. And, and that's, that's what you want to do. You want to say like, okay, how can we do something different? How can we improve? Um, and, and actually, I feel like your new channel is a bigger uh, niche than stock music licensing. I think it's a way bigger niche, you know, as far as Oh, that. it's humongous. Yeah. It's, just, it, it's a fart in the wind. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, it's like literally like that. It's just like I'm talking about something, and there is all of these people talking about business, and yeah. but but it's the same philosophy, Eric. It's like okay, I'm talking about business, but what kind of business? Mm -hmm. It's not drop shipping. Yeah, it's not e-commerce. It's not Bitcoin. It's not mm -hmm. this. It's not that. It's just how can you get the knowledge that you have in your head and put it out there and share it with the world? That's it. So yeah, it's online courses, online programs, coaching, membership mm -hmm. sites, group community, yeah. all the rest. So you kind of like niche down. And say, and I'm here for this, all right. And and what's my background? My background is in this. Uh, and but but the but the trick is to to identify that you see, and to say yeah. how can we put ourselves out there. But it's a mass. It's like the fitness industry, you know. <laughs> it's a huge niche. So I know you hate labels, and this is one of my last questions. Even though I have one last thing to say to you, but um, in a perfect world, what is the plan for you as far as you can see it for your next steps, or are you just on the path now? I will probably still be doing the same things that I'm doing right now. Um, I think that we, you and me, we're both doing something similar. Like we want to do things for the long run. How can we carry on doing things when we're still, you know, later on in life? Okay, that doesn't require us to, you know, if we were a musician that we're on tour, it's going to come to a point like, hey, we can't really go on tour anymore. Yeah. But saying that, I see people like Metallica and the Rolling Stones still going on tour. So maybe I, I'm not even, I could be wrong. But, you know, I want to do stuff the way I'm doing them right now, okay? Like, I want to have full control and full responsibility for everything mm -hmm. that I create. Mm -hmm. And if I can do this from the comfort of my home, mm -hmm. using the internet and technology, then I'm all set, you know? But it all has to be in around creativity, mm -hmm. okay? So that has to be making videos, making music, writing books, 
creating this program. I love to teach. So I love to share my, my knowledge with others. So that's something that uh, I'm certainly going to use my age to that yeah. advantage and say, hey, you see these white hairs here and, and you know, you see me aging. <laughs> that comes from the wear and tear of life. Yeah. So I know a thing or two about this. So when I see people talking about things online and I'm like, the hell are you talking about? You're 20 years old. You know, you're talking about relationships in the wear and tear of life. You have zero experience, man. So yeah. I want to really educate others, other people in everything that I know. So if I learn anything about either music or business or lifestyle and, and how can I help somebody else, I want to do that in the future, right? Yeah. Uh, some way, you know, and for me, content creation and YouTube and, and podcasting and, and being a control freak in that way, whether I can be the producer, the composer, the editor, with the help of my wife, of course, my wife uh, is the one who's running the show behind the scenes. Okay. Oh. At any point I can say, I don't like that. Yeah. Okay. I could have said like, I don't like to create online courses because I just don't like to teach anymore. I just want to create YouTube videos. And actually I could stop YouTube if I wanted to, Yeah. if I didn't like it. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, uh, I, I've taken, I've taken up so much of your time and I just have to relate this to you. You know, I just heard a podcast this week from Pat Flynn, as we've mentioned Pat Flynn a few times, um, about sharing the love for smaller channels and for people. He, he said someone did that for him originally one day, and, and so he, he loves to do that and, and shouts out small channels, and, and, and they either grow or they don't grow. He's not doing it so that they'll just get growth. He's just doing it because he, he wants to share the love. He wants to help everyone. And um, from our free, I, I think, we were on Skype. I don't think we were even on Zoom back then. I think when I talked to you, we Skyped or we Zoomed. I can't remember which one. But you gave me a free, I don't know, hour of your time just to talk to you back before I even started this channel when I was just thinking about you know, what I should do. I was already, a, I already had many clients and still have many clients that I work for. But I was considering, you know, sharing knowledge, and I just finished my. I was finishing up my my master's, and I was really wanting to do some teaching. And dude, you just you you so kindly sat there, and I just remember feeling like I was talking to my best friend. You were just smiling and and listening and and paying so much direct attention to me, and and uh, you know. Stevie B also was a very instrumental, so to speak, in uh, getting me going with my channel. And little did I know soon after that, he'd ask me to take over his Discord. But you especially, man, were so nice and helpful. And then shouting out my video like I talk about at the first of this video, that that got the thing, that got the ball rolling on this channel. I don't, I don't, maybe it would have turned into something as I started doing reviews and things like that. But Dude, I, I owe you so much, and I just want to say, you know, you are a champion for people. And if anyone watching this video is considering, you know, talking to you, whether it's for uh, the stock music community that you have going on or your, uh, your growing new YouTube channel where you're talking about personal growth and you're talking about starting your own YouTube business, uh, dude, I just, I think anyone should be getting in touch with you and looking at all the programs you have because you're sharing daily great information. Your shorts alone are just, you know, just powerful stuff every day. And uh, I, I hope and uh, pray for you much success as you continue with all this stuff. And I love your idea of mindset. I do think we get too much on the label side. I'm, I'm very, I'm like, what am I? Who am I? I used to have this question I asked myself all the time. 
What do you want to do next? Who are you? What are you? Where are we focusing on the right thing? And I think sometimes we need to give ourselves a little bit of a break and just do the things that we love. And for me, that's compose and teach. I like to do those two things. And so when you boil it down to the things you love to do, I also love to play basketball. I can't really make much money doing that. But um, I, uh, unless I like start some like thing where I walk in and I act like I'm all old and then I school them for money, but I don't think I'll ever do any hustling like that. But man, thank you so much for being here. Any any final thoughts or words that you want to leave with people? It's it's been a pleasure, Eric. Really, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really happy that we managed to do it. Like I said, because Absolutely. it's been long overdue. Yeah, it's been long long overdue. Okay, buddy. Well, thank, thank you, bro. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I hope we can do this again for sure, man. Absolutely. Thank you so much.